Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. It don't matter how hot the girls are. If your music is lame, we can help with that, though. The Professional Adult Nightclub DJ Association presents Panda Off the Charts. Brand new tracks for the strip club industry to make your set sound fresher, more energized, and to keep things bumping. Here are your hosts, Danny Myers, Elon Fong, and Bob Chia Party. Hey, welcome to Panda Off the Charts, the What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on Pantheon Podcast Network. And did you know that we are now the number one strip club music podcast in the world. Yes, we're proud of that too, man. I'm Danny Myers. We got Bob Chia Party. We got Lon Fong. We have got an incredible, incredible show coming up for you guys today. If you're not familiar with Panda Off the Charts, it is a show where Alon, Bob, and I all pick some music. We go around, we talk about it. We have an amazing guest joining us. And this guy's going to have so much information that we want to get to about him. Uh, we're going to be bringing on Justin Wilson. He is a songwriter, a musician, a singer, all from Nashville. And he and Bob have this great project they worked on, and we're going to tell you about that big TV show that Bob is executive producer on, or one of, and uh, we're going to get to all that. So we already know that we're going to spend a lot of time with Justin, so we're going to get to our, our music picks kind of quick here. I'm going to start with a brand new one by Tyga. It's called Day One, and it kind of surprised me because it's got a little bit of a house feel to it. So let me know what you guys think of this. That's my day one. She like to have fun. Little super freak. She got that dumb dumb. That's my day one. She like to have fun. Little super freak. She got that dumb dumb. Okay, that was my first pick. That was Tyga, day one. I love that music on that, but I want to go to Alon Fong because you're the big EDM house guy. What did you think of that? I I guess I don't I don't know yet. I'd have to hear more. Uh, it was solid, solid production, solid track. I want to hear more where it goes, but I do like the uh, bass line and, and the production on it for sure. There you go. Bob Chiaparty, your thoughts? I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I love that that sound. That doot 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 sound. That yeah. They, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember where that it was first used, but it's uh, it it still holds up after all these years. Yeah, it's got that '90s house vibe organ to it. I yeah. think is the yeah. big thing. I like that. Yeah, Alan Fong, why don't you pick us one here? Uh, well, this track I had to pick with Bob in mind. Uh, he likes my sexually explicit uh, innuendo songs. <laughs> this is uh, one of those. This is called Only Man. It features Paul Johnson and is by Airwolf Paradise. Am I the one you want to fuck all the time? Huh? Yes, baby. And hey, baby. Am I the one that makes you cream your panties every day? Huh? Oh, yes, baby. Well, I must be the one that makes you masturbate and want to play and play. Yes, baby. Oh, 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 baby, you're my only man. Oh, baby, you're my only man. <laughs> 
Okay, real quick, my critique on it. Um, I'm not a fan of the music. I love the lyrics. I love the lyrical content. The music itself, um, you know, uh, we play 30 seconds of these songs, but I mean, that was like a minute, uh, a minute 10 before the actual kick drum came in. Uh, you know, and it just, to me, I, I would have liked to have heard that heard that kick drum earlier just for club energy purposes not blown away by the music but uh creative vocals uh bob Party. well first i want to clear one thing now did you say it features paul's johnson is that what you told me <laughs> no no it, you did, it's a johnson. Very, you got a very talented johnson that's all yeah. i can yeah. <laughs> tall johnson it uh, speaks paul's it johnson speaks, speaks, speaks apparently it speaks got a mind uh, of its own i, I again it, it you know again it was it to me, the song is not, you know, breaking any barriers here, but I thought it was a ton of fun. I mean, it's just it's just a fun song. I mean, uh, I think it would go over great in the strip clubs, and I think uh, I, I think the girls would have fun with it too. So, yeah, I give it, I give it a thumbs up on that one. Okay, now we're going to go to Bob Chia Party, stripjointsmusic.com. By the way, all people in the strip club industry, if you're looking for good new uh, promotional music, you need to check out Bob's site, stripjointsmusic.com. Bob Chia Party, what are you going to bring to the table today? I've got a, another perfect strip club song from Nickelback. I mean, you listen to the lyrics. This is about an uh, an entertainer. That's there's no doubt about it. The way the, the way he describes her, I'm I'm gathering this this particular entertainer is a friend of hers, and he's just letting all his friends know if you're gonna mess around with her, this is this is what you can expect. <laughs> uh, so there you go. So, but again. Nickelback. I don't care what anybody says. They write some great songs. They uh, they put out some you know some amazing music, especially for the strip clubs. And this one's called Skinny Little Missy. She's tough, no doubt. She leads you up and spits you out. Her club downtown gonna need a line of credit if you're hanging out. Top shelf, top floor. I'm like a kid in a candy store. You know, uh, a lot of people hate on Nickelback. I never have, honestly. I think they um, they are one of the best strip club rock bands out there that uh, agreed. You know, uh, agreed you know and so i think it's just a lot of like the the harder rock people think that they're too pop uh, but um as for my thought on skinny little missy tremendous song um i can i can add that the second i get to work tonight uh so yeah it'll be played tonight alan hey man that's just classic nickelback that brings me back to like oh five oh seven when they're really hitting their stride as far as songs that hit the strip club and hit the top 40 uh Skinny Little Missy is right up there with all their strip club anthem classics. That's a great track. I am an unabashed Nickelback fan, as longtime listeners of What's Up in the Strip Club podcast know. So, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I still think Figured You Out is their best song I've ever. Is my favorite song by them for the strip clubs. So, my thoughts. Okay, um, we've got a lot more to get to. We've got our special guest coming on here in just a second. And we're going to do all this uh, right after this. Hey, what's happening? It's DJ Mike D. And you're listening to a What's Hot in the Strip Club podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Let's get it. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. 
I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? 
Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Panda Off the Charts. Danny Myers, Bob Chiaparty, Alon Fong here with us today. Promised you a great guest. I've got an incredible guest right here. Got a guy from Nashville. He is a songwriter. He is a singer. He is a musician. We got Justin Wilson with us today. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How you doing, Dan? Doing good. Did I get that order, like, probably the priority right? Would you say songwriter first, then singer, then musician, or is that a different order that you would prefer? I think you got it. I think you nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've uh, recently especially been doing mostly songwriting. Uh, tell me some of the, the artists that you have written songs for and what they've been. Man, uh, so I've had, uh, had quite a few singles out on the radio, quite a few cuts. I've been... That songs with Morgan Wallen, oh, uh, that it? you know Luke Bryan, Blake Shelton, I, Thomas Rhett, uh, bunch of nobodies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a, a whole slew of very very talented people, man. Really, I'm I'm, I'm very fortunate and uh, very blessed and thankful. Yeah, let, more... let, he's being humble, folks. Let me let me step in here. I'm sorry, he's being too humble. So you may have heard some of these songs he wrote, like. Kiss You in the Morning, Michael Ray, you know, uh, We Went, Randy Hauser, Drunk Me by Mitchell Tenpennies, Dustin Lynch's Mama's House. Come on, he's written with Thomas Rhett. I mean, uh, Morgan Wallen, Blake Shelton, Luke Bryan, Keith Urban. Who hasn't he written with is a better question. So don't let him undersell it, people. This is a major songwriter we're talking to. <laughs> I'm definitely the humble, the most humble person I know. One of those. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you had mentioned uh, Morgan Wallen, and I got to tell you, man, from the strip club standpoint, Morgan Wallen is without a doubt the hottest country artist in strip clubs right now. I mean, he's got the kind of voice that makes women want to throw their panties off. It's just that simple, man. <laughs> Girls just freaking love this guy. Last they night has just he's, been huge. He's got swagger, man. He's, it's swag, man. He He is full of that country swagger, but, I mean, there's just – I never would have thought, uh, knowing him from the beginning, with long, straight hair, and then when he decided to, to bring the mullet back, I, I, I don't know whether I don't know whether to thank him or hate him for it, but one or the other. But man, I mean, I I don't know a woman that doesn't want Morgan Wallen actually right now. Don't <laughs> underestimate the power of the mullet. <laughs> you know what, what's crazy is I've got girls that aren't even country fans that are asking for Morgan Wallen, especially last night. I think that was my biggest Morgan Wallen song that I had. Uh, I'm going to drop it over to Alon and let him uh, ask a couple questions of you, and then we're going to play some of your music. All right, so songwriting, that's your specialty. Uh, you know, Nashville has an influx of rockers since rock is sort of gone away from the mainstream. I know a lot of legendary 80s rock guys have moved there and right there now and, and probably ghostwrite. Um, how, how do you see that? uh infringing upon your world is it welcome is it sort of what's sort of the the vibe man you know for me uh i think an artist in particular uh hardy for our genre hardy is in my opinion single-handedly bringing back that uh late 90s grunge rock uh that alternative genre of like the three doors down and the link park and stained and the you know like he's bringing that back uh i welcome it most of us do welcome it here uh because man 
it, it's it's ridiculous that 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 whole kind of genre kind of disappeared on everyone because it it's so great it's such good music so i think it does fit into our genre now and it's just an ever-evolving thing because i mean quite frankly if you're fighting against progress you know and and something that's evolving then you know get the fuck out the way that's all <laughs> yeah know, have you to a lot of extent i mean i've heard it said that you know country is the new rock i mean it's just that it's they're blending so much these days it's hard mm -hmm. to tell one from the other almost you know very much so and some some of the hottest new artists you know have it's such a rock not even more than influence it's just it's rock songs with a country twang to it you know i mean when you have producers like you know joey moy and and jay joyce coming in i mean jay comes from the rock world and joey obviously being with nickelback his entire career and then and producing them and being part of that band and then coming over to big loud and, and and jumping into the country genre it's just inevitable and 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 i've always felt like our core progressions and our sound has always kind of had a little bit of that classic rock to it and i think today now it's now the lyric the, the cool quirky you know metallic you know, Nirvana lyric that comes with the, you know, the, the quirkiness, the, the Alanis Morissette kind of Nirvana meets Metallica type lyrics are all coming back into our genre because there's no home, but right here. And we welcome it. it, at least for me and my, my, my colleagues that I work with, we all welcome it very much. Well, that leads me into, you know, have you, if, if you've written for non-country artists, you know, what's sort of the, the stylistic differences you approach for you as a writer? Because, you know, obviously country is known for storytelling, right? And sure. uh, rock has a little bit of that, but it's, it, and but then rock brings sort of, I think, what, speaking to what you were just saying about those artists, you know, Alanis Morissette and, and Nirvana, they all have this darkness that sometimes country hasn't touched in a long time, or they do it in such a nice way that it doesn't feel dark. Whereas rock can be more straightforward with its darkness, I feel like. But uh, so, A, have you written for... Uh, rock artists and then uh, how would you what's the difference yeah in for sure to... for sure uh i've written i've written with uh lead singer from eve six uh better better than ezra um more recently i would say uh jelly roll who's in the really? modern rock yeah yeah of course. yeah dude yeah dude jelly's that dude man he, he's, <laughs> he's blown up he's a, he's a great guy and a super super talented person dude he's crazy uh but i would say you know it's uh it's great to write outside of the genre because at least for me i enjoy i approach it if i'm going pop i i know that i need a certain hook melody that that is just ear candy that you cannot get off of but it it also op opens me up to to certain words that that you don't hear on country you know what i mean right. and and so i think it's good to do that and i i also think it's good to try and infuse some of those lyrics into the country market gotcha well let me ask you about this song that we're about to play straight out of cold beer uh <laughs> you wrote this song uh tell me a little bit about uh, your thinking did you know who you were writing it for as you were writing it and uh tell me about that process so this uh, there's actually a, a crazy story around this song so uh straight out of compton had just come out oh the the remake or the uh the movie for the movie yeah the movie and uh I was like, man, I'm going to write a song called Straight Out of Cold Beer. So I sat down with, <laughs> with two of my buddies and, and we didn't have any artists in mind. Okay. So we write, so we write this song and, and I had a friend named Paul D. Giovanni 
uh, who was the lead guitarist for Boys Like Girls. And he's an incredible producer, incredible. And I called him up and I said, hey, man, I just wrote this song. I would love if you could build a track and kind of program it out. I'll sing a demo for you for free if you'll build the, build a track for me for free. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And so he builds this track. And I shit you not, it's probably eight, nine weeks later, which is a pretty quick turnaround uh, that it got cut on Blake Shelton. And it was my first Blake Shelton cut ever. Very and cool. uh, Scott Hendricks called me over to listen to to play the uh, the final cut of it, and I went over to his office, listened to it, and I was jamming out, you know, high fiving, going nuts, and all that. And so they said, you know, this is this is going to be the next single. And uh, so I heard it for about two days on XM. They were about to release it the following week on on that Monday, and out of nowhere, about two days prior. He got pulled. Blake, Blake was like, no, we need to go with, with this song instead. So they pulled it really quick. Bummer. Went with a different song, and I was like, shit. <laughs> this, like, come on, dude. And and so so they're like, oh, well, it's going to be the next single. And you know how that, that whole ball game goes. It's sure like, it oh, I, I hear you. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Well, sure as shit. Comes time for the next single. They've got all the promo package and everything, all the money getting spent on it to, to – getting ready to launch it about four or five days before they launch it <laughs> blake shelton calls in and pulls it and i'm like you've got to be kidding me this is a 100 true story like you got to be kidding me so i get an email from from warner and they're like hey look don't worry look this is 100 gonna be the next single hands down I'm like okay well my co-writer, one of them, on the song, his name's Ben Hayslip. So he writes a song called I'll Name the Dogs. He's also <laughs> on Straight Out of Cold Beer. They're getting ready to release Straight Out of Cold Beer for the hear. third single. And he sends his work tape of I'll Name the Dogs straight to Ben Hayslip, or straight to Blake Shelton. And Blake goes, can the whole record. We're going with I'll Name the Dogs and starting a brand new record. And I called Ben and I said, Ben. You could have had two singles in a row. You fucked us out of a single <laughs> and yourself for your own song. Come on, dude. And it was just, I mean, it was a whole debacle. And I was really upset about it for the longest time because I felt like this was a, a surefire number one. But, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to go see somebody, you know, dance on the stage at the strip club. <laughs> Okay, well, let me go ahead and play. I can only play about 30 seconds of it, so I'm going to play that, and then we're going to come back Blank. and talk about it. So check this out. Straight out of cold beer. God, that would be a horrible thing. got to call Gwen. got to call Gwen next. Make her pull it. <laughs> you know we straight out of that dirty sound. Dirty roads, nobody got no money. Got them shined up pickup trucks whistling at them honeys. From the country, yes, sir. You know we straight out of that long week working now. Okay, I got to say, I hadn't listened to this before. I, I just queued it up, and I just got it right before the show started. That is a great song. That is a strip club song right there. And I I have my country girls that I know are going to be fighting for this song. 
Um, it, yeah, it's going to work really, really well for me. I work up at Diamonds Cabaret in Dayton, Ohio. So if you ever you know, decide to make a four-hour trip north and east, uh, stop in. And, and you will hear your song played right there. Because, uh, yeah, this is an easy song for me to add. You know what's crazy, too? Uh, that version right there is actually me singing. And and uh, and the Blake the Blake record you can always go listen to on Spotify. But that 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 one's actually the actual recording of the creation of oh, that song. I love that. That's oh. great. Wow. <laughs> so I've got something very very cool here. Okay, love it. Nobody else has that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you okay? Yeah. So Alon. Okay. All right. All right. So I just listened to the Blake version, which he dropped in 2016 on his If I'm Honest album. So if I'm being honest. I like your vocals better. I'm sorry. I, I do. You have less of a twang. It's got a little more rock. Uh, that version is great. There's a little more fun in your voice than Blake. Sorry, Blake. I love Blake, uh, but I actually think your version's better. So I think you should put it on the EP. I'm just saying. You own the rights. Anyways, it's part of the rights. You know what I'm saying? I would. It's great. It's so now, as far as the song itself, great song, great hooks. Uh, you, you know, I always I find it funny to me. One of my biggest insults. I find is that people slag pop and hooks and I'm like, listen, that's what makes it digestible. And if you're really a brilliant songwriter, you can take a hook and make a complex lyric digestible to the average person. Hooks are so important and they're so difficult to write. If it were that easy, everybody would have a hit. So I'm so sick of people saying pop is or happy stuff is easy to write. It doesn't mean it's just as difficult to write an authentic, joyous, celebrate celebratory song as it is a heartbreak. Uh, I'm overcoming something. So. One thousand percent. Man. And I, when I, I was, that's always bothered me. <laughs> One thousand percent. When I was back in college, uh, in my younger years, before all the milk got in my beard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh, milk. Sure. Ask, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have, you know, random people come up and say, you know, hey, will you write with me? And. And I'd say, oh, what do you do? And they would never be able to put it in a genre. They would say, oh, it's a little this and a little that. And, you know, you can't really put it into the main genre. I don't sell out. And I always looked at them and I go, no, thank you. And they would say, well, you just sell out. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but the hardest thing on the planet to do is to make millions like what you create. If you're going to do devils, demons, and heartache, I'll, I'll catch you at Starbucks, you know, or whatever, you know, I'll catch you at the yeah. coffee shop, you know, but to make something like you said, digestible and, 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 and say happy up-tempo feel good songs. Yeah. They're hard as shit to write because you have to make them not corny and you have to make them memorable. And if you can, if you can put the, the whole equation together, man, you're, you're, you've created something special. Look at, look at apologize by one Republic. Like that's a dark, dark, dark lyric. No one mm -hmm. connected realized that till it had been out for months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's super dark. But it, but if you if you do it right, it's you can make people think that it's a party song. Yep. And you're really saying shit. I'm at the bar by myself. And my girl left. But if you're mm. going, everybody's drinking. I'm just drinking about her. If you're doing something like that, everybody's like, hell yeah. You know. You can make them feel something like uh, I've always said that, that music makes the world make sense. And, yes. you know, if, if 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 you need to hear some sad, 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 dark thing to what is that going to get you over? It's just going to put you in touch with your initial emotion of sadness. But you can if you can hear some sad thing that doesn't quite feel as harsh, doesn't cut you as deep. Maybe it starts helping you heal a little bit more. Hmm. Amen. 
Well, you know what? We we still have a lot to get to with you because I want to talk about another project you're working on with Bob Party that you've already worked on, actually. I want to get to that in just a second, but I do have one question I've always loved to ask songwriters. If you are writing a song and you're writing the lyrics and you're not really sure who you are writing it for, do you also just kind of write like a basic music bed behind it? Or like, because I mean, it could be a rock song. It could be a country song. You don't want to write it as a country song and turn the rock people away. So what, what's the, the music writing theory part behind the, behind the words? For me, in my experience, uh, for my career, it's always been, uh, if you pay attention enough to the lyric or say I, I show up to and walk into an office and it's me and two other guys, one, one of the guys, is sitting behind the speakers and he, he's got a track pulled up and we'll ask, you know, Hey, do you have any starts? You know, like eight, 16 bars, whatever, or just some random music with a loop. If you listen to it, it'll tell you what it needs to say. If you start with the lyric, it should tell you if, as you go along, what music should match it. If you just pay attention because it's, it's, it's gotta be harmonious and it, it's like, Otherwise, it's, there's always going to be a tension fighting against what should be, and you're forcing what you want it to be. Hmm. So if you just, for me, if you just pay attention to what it is and, and write the best lyric and melody that you can, and don't, do, don't just do stock. You got to treat the lyric and the idea with respect just as much as the track and the music with respect. And those, those two things should, should come together as a, as, as, a, as a family unit, basically. And if anybody's listening on for different genres, why does it matter? Why does it matter what the music sounds like behind it? If you like the song, make the music the way you want to make it if the song touches you. So I don't, I don't really think that it, you know, that it necessarily matters. I think you do do a disservice to just cop out and do simple. Okay. One quick follow-up. What comes first, the lyric or the melody? Both. Both. Cool. Both. Both. All the time. Uh, and, and most importantly, ideas. Ideas are currency because eventually you run out if you do it long enough. And you have to, you have to really start diving into what the new ideas are. And you have to really work at it. You know, all we have is about five subjects to write about. And there's thousands of songs a day being written about just five subjects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Well, the one of the big reasons, and I know we've talked about this and talked about a few things, but what I really want to talk about is this project that you and Bob Chia Party have been working on. So I'm going to go ahead and, and just turn it over to Bob. And Bob, I want you to explain this this project, and then you two can talk about his role. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> as we as uh, Justin spoke about earlier. It was a mind blowing experience for me, I mean, in in the sense that. I was brought into the project kind of as a uh, we're in trouble. We need, we need help. <laughs> and, uh, and I came in as a, uh, as a consultant. I started as a consultant and as the, as the, as the show progressed, they just found out because there was no one on the team that was a real, really in the music business. <laughs> and they, and they, they, they think they kind of learn kind of fast. If you're going to do a song, I mean, do a program about music, it's good to have somebody. Understand Probably. Music. Yeah. <laughs> I started as a consultant. 
I went to a co-producer, I went to a producer, then I went to a co-executive producer, then a co-executive <laughs> producer and executive music producer. So it was uh, it was a progression. But I walked into a situation where they had 25 um, contestants and because of politics, because of you know certain things, 20 of them walked out four mm. days before we <laughs> start shooting. And uh, we had a fine talent like on the on the fly. And so I'm calling all my producer Damn. friends and it was it was insane. It was well, let, it was wild. Let me interrupt but you just a second able... so we can because people don't know what the project is. Let's talk about the project itself. You sure. this is sure. a TV show that Bob is talking about, not an album, a TV show that he's talking about. And it's called Banded uh, the Musicians. What is it? The music competition. Musician competition. Musician yeah. competition. So you have put together a, a music competition TV show unlike the other ones that have been out there. So now that I got that set, explain to me what was different about your show versus uh, some of the other uh, music talent shows that have been out there. This Well, first of the, the biggest the biggest thing that's different about this show, which is where Justin and four other mentors slash producers slash songwriters came in, was that all the music on the show is original. Mm -hmm. There are no cover songs on this show. So we've got five talented singers, five uh, guitar players, five bass players, and we basically put 25 musicians, put them all into one house, right? Divided them up depending on the type of music that they lean to. Um, we divide them to five different bands. We decide on the genre they were gonna be. And then we assigned uh, mentors that, that coordinate with that to uh to each band to help them you know help them write songs to help them develop their stage presence and basically these like most of these kids did not know each other i mean there was a couple that did but for the most part most of them did not know each other so you're thrown into a situation where you you're, you're meeting somebody and then two weeks later you're on a stage in front of literally 10 cameras wow you know, three celebrity judges and you're performing songs with people that you've known for two weeks and a That's song you've written days incredible. before. It this is like incredible. This, I mean, this is like the real world meets a music competition. And like anyone who's been in a band knows how hard it is to connect and to write and create something that you can put even moderately decent on stage. This is insane to me how hard and how talented these cats must have been, plus the great mentorship to do this, to put on something that is good enough to be on TV. Un so unbelievable job to all you guys. Uh, that's amazing. So then the mentors and songwriters, this is where Justin comes in. Tell us a little bit about how what that looked like for you and wh what you were aiming to do with these young artists. Man, uh, you know, I, I, I just showed up ready to write songs. And uh, the, the age range is just from, I mean, I think from 18 or whatever to 38 you know wow. whatever i mean it's just all over the place and and and, it, and they're just slung together all of a sudden and it's like hey how you doing this is your your producer songwriter mentor you know and you walk in it's like hey guys let's get started and you have to immediately <laughs> figure out like what's your band identity and so you have to kind of really quickly dive in which is something that that after years and years of being a songwriter professionally uh, you learn that that how what questions to ask and how to how to draw out emotion from somebody that's shy or what you know 
or that doesn't even like what kind of song you're writing because they they only listen to you know interpretive dance or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. You're, so, an you know like, you're an artist whisperer. You're an artist whisperer. You have to figure out how you know. You have to figure out how to l- allow the music to bring everyone together because everybody's got a huge opinion. So it was it was tough, but it was a uh, it was like boot camp for these kids, and and yeah. I was really really impressed with how. A talented they are. I mean, just some of freak talents at their at their you know instrument. It was just incredible. But also, uh, willingness to learn and and when I say boot camp, man, like the the you know when you fight with family, you fight with family, and and you have to create family quickly. And they did a really good job wow. uh, all over that house and all over the show. It was a it was a really good job, you know, that they did uh, to 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 be forced to do it so fast. Another thing I really loved about the show, which is different than any other. Well, I I'm not a big reality show, but the the, the limited li- reality shows that I've watched, that it seems like they're based on controversy, on tension, on anger, on hatred, Drama. all these Drama. negative things. There was none of that on the show. We had none of that. Every band, when one band was up, the all the other bands were on the sidelines cheering them on. Everybody was was high fiving each other. People were helping each other. If somebody broke a string or needed a guitar, someone was there to hand them one. It was it was it was amazing. I mean, it was it was. I called it it was like the Ted Lasso of reality. (laughs) That's that's a good way. That's awesome. That's how that's how it really was, and and it just felt so good. You know, walking on the set every day. And seeing everybody and then just, you know, knowing that everybody, we were all, we were all competing. They were all competing, but we were all in this project together and everybody did a great job. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like everybody shared the, the, the sentiment of, you know, boot camp under the gun, go, go, go. And holy shit, this is so big, right? Like, I mean, it was professionally done. I mean, the stage was beautiful, huge, all the cameras, all the, all the crew. I mean, they're, they're up in your face doing this. I mean, how many of how many of those guys have ever had that experience? You know, it's like, you know, red light comes on and you freeze up. No, we, <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all supported each other and, and, and cheered them on because at the end of the day, man, nobody wants, unless you're a piece of shit, nobody wants to see somebody fall flat on their face. Yeah, nobody right. does. Right. So we're, we're talking about Banded, the musician competition uh, that Bob is executive producer on. Justin Wilson, our guest, was a mentor and songwriter with the band. So he co-wrote with the, these bands that they put together. Uh, it's on Axis TV. The show dropped May 13th. So it dropped about a week or two ago. Go check it out. I'm going to go check it out. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Bob has, over the year, last year or two, has shared some pictures of the stage and shared some stories. So we can't wait to watch it. But again, go check it out. It's on Axis TV. It's already out. It's banded the music competition. Now we have something special for you. So one of the groups was named Gamblers in the Neon, right? That was Justin's yeah. group. That was, that was your group. group. Okay. Yeah. And this is the song they wrote, and I'll let Justin tell you about it. Uh, this is very cool. Go ahead. Uh, so I think uh, Shoot from the Hip, man. Uh, this was a – it was time to do an up-tempo. Like we had we had different themes for, for each episode for songs that we needed to create, which I thought was great. You know, it shows all, all the – qualities of, of different types of emotions throughout songs and it, and it brought out everyone's opinions. And this one, man, I just told him, I said, Hey, let's just get rid of the boundaries and let's just go full on a hundred thousand miles per hour, right down the highway and, and head on collision into some music. And that's exactly what we did. And, and 
you know, the guys really actually brought this one to life more so than I ever could have imagined. I thought they did a great job and it's just full of energy, man. It's, it's a good, it's a great live stage song. Well, we at what's hot in the strip clubs are proud and excited to present to you shoot from the hip by gamblers in the neon. This is unreleased. Can't hear it anywhere else. but also, this is a demo. This is not a finished copy. So you're Correct. really hearing a, a, a work yeah, so in progress. A work in progress. Don't judge us too hard on it. it okay. <laughs> Real quick uh, question before we go into the song. Bob, has this episode released yet where this band has performed this song? No, this has not. This this actually, this episode will play. This was the uh, banger, like, right? Yeah, this is a, uh, this is. Two two weeks from now, three weeks from now, some. Yeah, this is two weeks. It's not this week. It'll it'll yeah. be it'll be in the following week, right? Okay, so let's check it'll this be... out. Shoot from the hip. Let's listen to this. On a dash, liquor filling up my coffee cup. Getting gone with a corn grows tall, and the only thing on my mind is white lines on a black top. Little down, and I never stop. I'm a good time coming with my guitar strumming, sewing up when the needle drops. I got that neon on my mind, my paycheck ain't for paying rent. I was raised up righty on them redwoods, trying to get to heaven with the devil on my side. My roots run like a river, what you see is what you get. I got one on the table, one in the chamber, and honey, I shoot from the hip. Kicking up sodas, looking for love with a buzz and all guitars where you'll find me. Making noise with some good old boys till the lights tell us to leave. Blue eyes, slow dance, country girl wanna take a chance On an outlaw hick out here and the sticks Come on, honey, I'm your man I'm that neon on my mind, my paycheck ain't for paying rent Yeah, we were able to play a longer version of that It's actually even longer than this, but we were able to play a longer version Because it's not registered with Spotify or anybody just yet <laughs> This was the world debut of this demo And again, it's, it's, a, it's an unfinished demo but, but I can hear through that And I can tell you, I love it um, I like the, uh, the recognizable intro Which is the Sweet Home Alabama kind of a chord pattern that was in there uh, and, But it didn't like completely rip off like in other words you made it your own but you used that pattern which i like that so yeah i uh i absolutely cannot wait for the uh the finished version to come out oh it, yeah I, I think it's gonna rock and, and one thing about it is uh you know the personality of of the singer really comes out in that with with john singing on that uh which i think is great and, and that was something that we really really made a big effort to try to do with that song is it's to capture a personality with it because uh, I think that goes a long way, and 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 the band itself, man, they when when it gets all mixed up and everybody sees the or hears the final product, it uh, it's gonna rock. It's gonna sound good. I love that song. I, that that song I think is gonna be a real hit. I think I think we're just gonna it's gonna go real well. It's got it's got edge to it. I mean, the lyrics are just so killer. I mean, it's just it, it's infectious. It's an infectious song. 
Mm-hmm. A lot yeah, of your I think thoughts? It, you got like the rock was taking to shine that some bitch up a little bit, polish it up, and it's going to go straight up the public's ear hole. Yeah, gonna... like I said, that, let's, let's put it that way. That that what you what you just heard was created in two hours. Wow. Yeah. And not only that, uh, it was uh, one of the first times that all of the band musicians for that band, for Gamblers and Beyond, had ever been recorded in a professional studio before oh wow man so that's intimidating I mean, man when i when i say that 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 the show banded uh was great i mean it was great in so many different ways that you could not even understand unless you were there because some of these guys that had, they got to do things they've never done before and they got put under the gun to do it and it was just you know sink or swim and most of them swam mm-hmm. that's awesome life begins awesome. outside the comfort zone and again, Bob, the uh, the network that it's on, it's on Access TV. It it um it airs a uh, new episode airs every Saturday night at nine p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Do they have an on demand also, so you can catch up with some of the yes, older ones? Yes, you can. You okay. can catch up on the uh, on the on demand. You can go to their website and there, and you can just click on it on the website as well. Um, it's uh yeah, Access for those who are not familiar with Access TV. It's owned by Mark Cuban. He he owns the oh. network. And it's uh, it's all music. It's kind of like to me. It's kind of what MTV, MTV used to be, should be. Yeah, it used to be and yeah. should be. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, they got some pretty cool shows. Uh, Vince Neil's got a show on it. Uh, Sammy Hagar's got Sammy a show. Hagar does. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff on it. And well, Mark there. Cuban's a Yenzer. Go Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so so Justin, before I let you go, um, I want to switch gears, um, and I want to. Basically, what we do on this show, Panda Off the Charts, is we play songs that have just come out, and we give our opinions about them. We play about 30 seconds of it. So I released a, um, a TikTok and a YouTube video uh, two days ago on the new Dolly Parton song. And with you being from Nashville and her being a big Nashville person, it's called World on Fire. And I did this thing. Because, I mean, I love Dolly. I have always loved Dolly. I don't know this is her best project that I've ever heard her do. In fact, it's not. But um, I I had actually said that on the TikTok, and I think I got some really uh, ugly hate messages back. (laughs) But I want to play 30 seconds of the song. I want... The He's three of your opinions. I am not bashing Dolly. I'm, I, well, I'll tell you my opinions uh, after it is over. But let me listen to this is Dolly Parton. Now, she has a new all rock album coming out that I believe is supposed to have 30 songs. Most of the songs are going to be collaborations from, from what I read about it. This one is not a collaboration. Uh, and I just I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. But my opinions is I ask everybody to rate it one through ten. And I got a whole bunch of ones and I got a whole bunch of tens. So everybody is strongly opinionated. There's no fives or sixes or anything like that. Let me do this and then I'm going to come back and talk to you guys about it. This is Dolly Parton's new rock song called World on Fire. Everybody's tripping over this or that. What we're going to do when we all fall flat. about us when did we lose in god we trust god almighty what we gonna do if god ain't listening we're deaf too liar liar the world's on fire what you gonna do when it all burns down 
Huh, okay, so real quick, my, my initial review on this song was um, I just, I, I think it's more the song I don't like than Dolly's voice. I mean, how do you knock Dolly's voice? She's perfect. I don't know that her voice actually fit for me, uh, uh, the rock thing. But I thought the song itself, it kind of, you know, it used that We Will Rock You drum beat, which has kind of been played out way too much. It uses the, the bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do, kind of a, a hook line in there as well. Uh, and then it uses that nursery rhyme takeoff, that liar, liar, pants on fire thing that I would expect uh, somebody like Cardi B to do, but not Dolly Parton. And so I wasn't blown away by the song. I doubt I will play that one. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the album because she's got 29 more songs that hopefully will change my mind. But you being from Nashville and you knowing a lot about Dolly and the backstory of this, let me get your opinion. Justin. Man, uh so in my opinion for the dolly rock record uh you know she got inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame mm -hmm. all right well she didn't want that mm -hmm. because she and, and and if i'm correct i believe she actually spoke out and said you know i'm not i don't deserve this i'm not a rock artist you are and correct. so this is in my opinion this is her uh, her justified like if she's going to accept the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, she, she wants to put out a rock record. Whether it's her or not, she got acknowledged for her just incredible contributions to music uh, just all across the board over decades. Well, if a person feels the conviction of being in a Hall of Fame and they don't think that they, they belong, they should put out a rock record so at least that it's an attempt. I think it's brave. In my opinion, I mm -hmm. think it's commendable, respectful. I think it's uh, it, it's got integrity and it shows character, in my opinion. Now, do I want to hear Dolly sing rock songs? No, not really. But I, I do want to support the premise behind this, in my opinion. And as far as the song itself goes, man, dude, Dolly sings her ass off, period. She does. She can sing. She doesn't. She doesn't miss notes. You know, she's from that era of you know where it's on tape, and you know, you better be good enough. Tape don't not, lie. Yeah, tape don't lie, and we don't feel like splicing. You know, I mean, she's up. She's from that era, and and I think that, that I'm I'm proud of her for doing that. And, and as far as the lyrical content goes, I think that she stayed true to herself by by the lyrical content and how she is as a as a human being and 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 just her ideals and what she's always professed to the public you know um but i think that she also at the same time stepped out on a limb to do to try and and and, and basically tip her hat to say thank you to rock and roll hall of fame i think in my opinion and so i i applaud it do i do i think the song is amazing Who's to say? I can't personally. Not my favorite. I'm gonna listen to 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 other Dolly songs mm -hmm. personally. All right, that's what I'm gonna do. But who the fuck cares? She did something. She did something for a reason that 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 I believe in. So mm. that's kind of where I'm at with it. And you know, at the end of the day, she stepped out on a limb, dude. Like if your grandmother does a cartwheel, you're gonna go shit, and it sucked. <laughs> And so you, you got to applaud that. You got to just go, love you. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Well, I, I appreciate your take on it. I, I really do. And by the way, if you didn't figure that out, that's Justin Wilson, singer, songwriter, musician out of Nashville right there who, who knows the industry a hell of a lot better than I do. So <laughs> let me go up to Alan Fong. Yeah, so to add to what he said, uh, yeah, she was nominated and then she declined the invitation into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, eventually changed her mind, and then they inducted her in 2022. So she is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Now, love everything you said about, you know, that was her way of justifying getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I can't wait to hear more of it. Uh, that is, is nothing to do with Dolly. Dolly's great. You know, there's no digital manipulation of her voice. Like you said, she's on spot. She's a pro. She's going to be a high performing vocalist. Uh, that song is just really meh. I wouldn't even give it a 10 or a one. I'd be more like a five, which to me is the worst writing you can get as an artist. I'd rather have a one than a five. Uh, it's a very derivative song is the problem. I feel like uh, it, it's uh, very similar to Heaven Knows by The Pretty Reckless that came out a couple, like, I don't know, five, six, seven, yeah. eight years ago. Uh, it's a solid song. It's just okay. And and I, I really am curious to see, I know she collaborated with a bunch of artists on this upcoming album. So I'm curious to see I'm surprised she went the modern rock way. Sort of that song is a modern rock thing. I would have said do more like a Fleetwood Mac or a, a bluesy rock Eagles, you know, something. It's still rock. That would make sense for her voice because she's had a lot of songs that Jolene has a rock vibe to it. There's a darkness. Very to it. Much, do you know what I mean? Very, so like, it's not like she can't do rock. I'm. She belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, period, in my opinion, so. because of songs like Jolene and because of because they crossed over. They were bigger than just country. The best. Look, to what you said earlier in the show or you alluded to it, good music is good music. Genre doesn't matter. If you're a fan of music, why would you hate? There's no genre I hate. There's jazz I love. There's thrash metal I love. There's country I love. There's hip hop I love. Good music is good music. It's the one unifying force on this planet for humankind is music. It's the same 12 notes for all of us, no matter what language we speak. Mm-hmm. Now I agree. I agree. And honestly, for me, uh, I haven't listened to the whole album, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's smart to to uh to say you know the the powers that be so so called you know may pick that song because it's the most unoffensive the demographics yeah you know <laughs> like they run the numbers or whatever but yeah. i think i think that to listen to the whole album right i bet you i bet you there are some songs that you're gonna really like i'm sure you know, no, 20... no and dolly yeah. you know and as far as this song goes man like <laughs> are you expecting to hear something that's going to get played on mainstream radio and, and rocket up the charts? And no, no, but. But I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past. I would not put it past Dolly. Dolly could do anything, but you know, to me, it's just, it, it, it personifies somebody that is hugely philanthropic and, 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 and cares so much. I don't know of another artist that has been, so in the spotlight for so many decades Man. that that to this day you can't catch them on a on a tricky question like what do you think about this view politically or this divisive <laughs> thing no you don't catch her on that because no. dolly personifies hey i'm just a singer and all i want to do is bring people together and i, I think that's that. all that that's just whether whether it's a great song or not it's still the, it's still a great message yeah. and i think that that that's all that she cares about and i think that she cares mainly about that there's going to be some songs that are great on the album that you're going to like i guarantee it and then who gives a shit past the rest of it like i mean you're not expecting to see a diamond album come out from dolly parton for rock genre that she's <laughs> never done in her life 
it doesn't yeah. fit her. But she did it out of respect, I think, for the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame and for all of those people that have been inducted into it. Well, two points I'll make real quick. One, she's got 29 more songs to change my mind. And my second point I'm going to make is I don't really think my opinion is going to sway Dolly Parton. I don't think she cares what Danny Myers in Ohio <laughs> thinks. She doesn't know me. you know. But I, but honestly, you're right. And I want to go to Bob Chiaparty for his uh, his thoughts on that song. Um, I'm, I'm a big Dolly fan. I'm not a fan of this particular song for a lot of the reasons that you guys have already mentioned. Um, my biggest criticism of, of, of the whole, all the different things we spoke about really lies more with the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, I just think that the rock hall of fame should just change its name to the music hall of fame and, yeah. and be done with it Yeah, because, you know, Again, I yes, you can argue that Dolly does doesn't belong in the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but she really, you know, she's been known as a country artist. You can say Cardi B or whoever other urban artist doesn't belong in the. They all deserve everyone that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame deserves to be recognized. But you know, again, rock and roll is rock and roll. Rap is rap. Country is country. You wanna, you know, if let's put it this way, if if Metallica got inducted into the country hall of fame i think there would be fireworks man i think i think you'd, you'd be you'd be a lot of screaming and yelling going on mm -hmm. so just you know i agree with you bob I, that's a that's a great point and, and i can't argue with that that's a very valid well i mean you've got the rock and roll hall of fame which a lot of people say should be changed to the music hall of fame and we now have the strip club Music Hall of Fame, which just got started. Alon Fong and I actually are the creators of the Strip Club Music Hall of Fame. Uh -huh. We have one year in so far, and uh, our first five for the for the class of twenty three. They have to be in our uh, in our group. They have to have uh, their first hit, uh, their first single released uh, or in or album uh, twenty years prior. So we were looking at two thousand three and before. Our first inaugural class is Motley Crue, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Prince, because it's not a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, Def Leppard, and who'd I forget? Guns N' Roses. That is the first five. Voting is open right now for the next year. It's all at stripclubhof.com. So we really want your opinions for that. You're too, Justin. Go vote. <laughs> Come on. There you go. Go vote there, Justin. We'd love to see your vote on there. Um, we, we've got a lot more to get to here on Panda Off the Charts, but Justin, um, we got you to hang with us longer than we've had anybody hang with us in years and years uh, and years. So we appreciate all the extra time you gave us here today. Excited about this project that you and Bob have with the TV show. So uh, I just can't wait to see more. Justin, thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all, y'all take care. And Bob, love you. And love you, brother. Add a couple more more gold records and platinum records back there. <laughs> I, I will. I, 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 they're in the closet. I guys have any room to put them up. I've seen the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Elon and Danny, man, nice to meet y'all. Nice to meet you, man. Good luck to you. What an amazing, outstanding that guy that is, man. I just, I can't wait to go to Nashville and meet him. I just phenomenal. And what a wealth of knowledge he was. Yeah. No, he's he's a smart guy. He's well spoken. He's amazing, amazing songwriter. I mean, I every every week he you know he'd bring another song to the table, and I was like, God, he just he'd be able to bang them out. He's just so good. Yeah. So well, what you got to do if you're listening right now, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, go over to Axis TV, go look up Bandit the music comp the musician competition, 
and go check it out. Go check Justin out at work. He's amazing. Yeah, banded, not bandit. Banded. Banded, yeah. Yeah, banded. with that D. Banded in Sometimes it sounded like together. banded. Yeah, banded together. Um, I know we're running long on this one, but Justin was just such an amazing interview. I didn't want to cut him short. We still have four picks to go, and we're going to get to those next. This is Tyson Leslie from the band Vixen, and you're listening to the What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Say that five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to Panda Off the Charts, the What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on Pantheon Podcast Network. Yes, we're running long, but we promise you we got four more songs and we're going to get to them kind of quick here. So, Alon, what do you have for us? You know what's been missing from like radio lately? Sexy R&B. Sexy and I got a sexy R&B track for you. Oh, this good. is Lipstick Lover, Janelle Monet. Great sexy video, too, by the way. Huh. I was listening to this the other day, and um, I'm still jury's still out on it for me. I don't know whether I like it or not. It's um, it's an okay song. I'm not going to say I hate it. I'm not going to say I like it. Uh, I think maybe I need to hear it a couple more times. Reggae vibes. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, she does something with Bad Bunny or something. I don't know. Bob, <laughs> I, I again, I, I thought it was it was it was cool. It was, it was a great vibe. Um, I, I'm I'm not. Feeling strip club. That's just me. I mean, again, you know me. I like I like the bump and grind. So I'm I'm a I'm a meat and potatoes guy when it comes to strip club music. <laughs> yeah. Meat and potatoes at a strip club? <laughs> well, Bob G <laughs> Party, stripjointsmusic.com. Uh, what's your final pick gonna be? We got uh, what, three more to go? Yeah. This next track is from an artist that's been on our show a couple of times, as I recall. And um it's an artist that I've worked with, um, helped marketing. Um, I love him. I think he's a super talented artist. Um, he's just got out of the studio and just released a new single. He was working with Jay Baumgar, and uh, you, I'm sure you guys know know him. He's worked with Caesar, Cold Chamber. I mean, Drowning Pool. I mean, mm-hmm. the list goes on. Papa Papa Roach. The on and on. Amazing, amazing producer. And uh, I think you guys will like this one. It's uh, again, it's Christopher Shane and one more round. Quicksand boots keeping me from running. I'm looking for tomorrow everywhere today. Gotta live with what I done to find my keep on living. Praying for another day. Yeah, I just want to know what it feels like. Yeah, I just want to know. Yeah, I remember Christopher so well. He has been on our show, if I'm not mistaken, twice. He's been our special guest on on Panda Off the Charts. I remember he did, um, was it Bad Guy that Billie Eilish 
song that yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah, I remember when he did that because that was that was crazy. Because you know, I mean, he took fun. you know he took this song by Billie Eilish and and threw his style on it. If you get a chance, go back. It's on one of the older Panda Off the Charts, and you can find all those at pandaoffthecharts.com. But yeah, I I, I, dug, I dig that one as well. Alon? Yeah, big fan of Christopher Shane. Of course, he was a guest, like you say, great dude, talented cat from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, great track. I was right, wondering yeah. if he was up to anything new, because it had been a while since we heard anything. I'm definitely a big fan of his music and that track. Uh, he had the cover, and then he had the original song, uh, Ten High. Yeah, yep. that was it. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. So we got two songs left here on Panda Off the Charts. I've got one that just came out from Ellie Douay uh, and Weathen. And I had to look up Weathen. Weathen is a, uh, I think he's like 23, 24-year-old uh, DJ EDM artist. I didn't know anything about it, but I, I watched a couple of interviews with him because I wanted to make sure I was pronouncing it right. It wasn't Weathen or anything like that, or Weathon. So uh, I want to make sure I was pronouncing his name right. Good, good artist, good vocalist, good production. It's called Money on the Dash. Control, I will crash, running high. Put your money on the dash, throw the dice. Lose control, I will crash, running home. I will crash, when you slow, I will crash, running. Say, 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 you run it on the road. songs i don't want to fade out but i have to okay alan <laughs> yeah very cool track um, can't say nothing wrong bad about it good track yeah bob to your party i thought that track too i thought it was got a great vibe to it and just cruise along and i could just see people you know ladies grinding to it and doing their thing yeah good one Alon Fong, it is your chance to close out the show. You don't normally get to bring the last song, but today we did things in such a crazy order, but we did them on purpose. So, Alon, what you got? Bob, did you say you like to bump and grind in your strip club, in your music? Yeah. Well, my friend, I've got the song for you. Uh, it's a strip club classic already, but there's a new remix of it out. Uh, Pretty Ricky, back in 2005, came out with this strip club classic, Grind With Me. This is the FS. Green remix. This is such a strange show for me because usually I like all of your songs. So far today, the first two I was kind of in on, and this one, uh, I, I just have to say they they stripped the sexiness out of the song with this remix. Not a fan at all. The original is just too good. It's just not a song that, in my opinion, should be sped up. And what I'm picturing right now is uh, one of my girls whose name is Olivia, who loves grind with me who normally actually likes the danny myers remix of grind with me that i play for her and i'm just picturing you know her it. you just contradicted yourself what 
No, well, mine kept, it more, it. mine kept <laughs> it more true to the beat and the tempo uh -huh. and the sexiness. Uh -huh. And I'm just picturing playing Thank this you. for Olivia, and I'm, I'm going to make sure I tag her in the show there so she can hear that I plug this. I can imagine she's throwing her white claw can at me right now. White claw? Yeah. Well, that says a lot. Well, you know, much like Dolly Parton, uh, and that's about how much I care about her opinion and your opinion. <laughs> Bob, she a party. Are you going to tell me that you love this song and you just think it just replaced the original and it's badass and you just can't wait I, to go to a strip club? You know, dance? I again, I I like the original, but I to me is more fun. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I just I dig it. Uh, I don't know. What can I tell you? Maybe I'm just grumpy this week. Is you know, I mean, like I. You have been working a lot, Danny. You're a little tired. No, I don't work. A nap. Much. I don't work much. I I feel like today I'm like one of those Muppets. What were the two old guys? Oh, the two up old in the balcony. Men. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, man, man. Statler and Waldorf. That's it. Good job, Bob. There you Statler, go. Statler, Statler, S T A T L E R, and Waldorf. Right. Dude. Okay. Now that we got that. Okay. So. What I'm going to do is talk to the listeners right now. You guys that are listening to the show, still hanging with us. Um, we had some some interesting controversy in the show. Some we liked, some we didn't like. But it's not really about us pleasing each other. It's about getting your opinions when you're listening to it. So I want you to go to Facebook. Go to What's Hot in the Strip Club's Facebook group and uh, join that. This is where we all get to throw our opinions in, and uh, we like to hear from you. What did you think? I want your opinions on the Dolly. One, ten, five, where are we at on that? Or any of the songs we played today. So make sure you get on there and do that. Danny Myers, Alan Fong, Bob Chia Party. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Panda Off the Charts. Presented by the Professional Adult Nightclub DJ Association. Now you know what's new. Get a full list of tracks from this show and previous shows at pandaoffthecharts.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.